Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. So in today's episode, I really want to do like an updated version of my self-love episode. So at the beginning of this year, I think around March or April, um, I did a podcast on self-love. And so now we're like at the end of the year and I want to do like an updated version to it because I've like the time in between, I've literally learned like so much and I really just want to share everything that I've learned in between. So this is going to be like a second part to self-love. It's going to be about radical and unconditional self-love. It's going to touch on, you know, the art of detachment because I've learned that very recently. It's going to touch on toxic relationships, which I'm going to jump into right now and also like just using your emotions as a guide to learn how to navigate life um and yeah so i really just want to hop right into it so let's go some of these toxic relationships are also even just trauma bonds that we attract because we have not healed our inner child or trauma that we have had from childhood and you know we haven't addressed it or it comes back around in the form of our adult relationships and we settle thinking that oh you know this feels super safe for us you know when it's really just familiar to you because of all the experiences that you've had as a child and it's not necessarily a healthy relationship and so this is this is why i think it's really important for us to learn how to have radical and unconditional self-love so that we can seek out and align with people who are better for us, right? And if we don't do the work, we're never going to be able to identify people who are hel- who are healthy for us because it's something that's foreign to us. And I think this is something that, you know, it's really important to learn because what happens is if you're in your toxic era, if you're in your trauma, you know, not healing your trauma era and you meet someone healthy, you end up pushing that person away because the way that they embody self-love, the way that they go about doing things in a a healthy way is very foreign to you because you're so used to doing things in an unhealthy way or you're so used to doing things in a way that is kind of toxic. And it's like you push that person away because, you know, that's not familiar to you. It seems strange, right? But you don't realize that actually you're pushing away someone that's actually very healthy for you and someone that would actually impact your life in a really great way 
But because you are maybe blinded by ego, blinded by uh, childhood trauma, don't want to address it there, you know, maybe there's a bit of emotional immaturity there. It just you end up pushing all the good, good people away. And that's why it's so important to actually do this kind of like inner work. I think I talk about this on another podcast, like why um, healing your inner child is so, 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 so important. And that's one of the reasons And I think also, you know, learning to have radical and unconditional self-love, people who will reflect the same kind of like high self-esteem or self-love that you are working to establish yourselves is really like the main goal. So for example, like a person who lacks self-love will struggle to attract a person who has a deep sense of self-love right so those who lack self-love tend to find themselves in cycles of like self self self-sabotage or like manipulative behavior or they want to play mind games you know there's there's a lot of insecurity there there might even be a lot of um inadequacy like they're they're questioning their self-worth or they feel like things are too good to be true they feel like they don't deserve this you know, like, I mean, I've been through it. Like, that was probably me, like, four four years ago. So I get it. But it's, it's like, if we don't grow up and heal this, because it's usually what was modeled to us as a child. So what was modeled to us as a child from our parents, from our upbringing, or from our guardians, or whoever raised you, right? What was modeled to us is what we've taken on. And if we don't heal it, then that is how we go into like adult relationships and adult relationships that are not actually healthy for us. And so, yeah, we tend to, I mean, you can even find yourself like putting up with toxic relationships for a long time, you know, like doing things that don't make you happy you know, just because that's what's accepted, staying in relationships longer than you need to, like struggling to leave relationships. Like these are all examples of of not loving yourself enough, of just lacking self-love. And so I feel like it's really important. And if you flip it, if the person who lacks self-love comes into like contact with someone that has a very high self-esteem that person who has lower self-esteem will struggle to receive the love why because they haven't achieved that love within themselves and so they're more likely to ask questions like wow why does this person love me so much or they might feel like super inadequate um, around the person and it's just because that person is reflecting back to them a lot of love that they have not been able to give themselves and so that's you know that could be due to, to their trauma or just like not really wanting to do shadow work because yeah I get it that shadow work is super hard but it's also super important and I feel like when you do it it really helps to set the president for like the rest of your life it's obviously an ongoing process doing shadow work. There will always be things for you to, to work on because that's just naturally the healing journey. But I feel like you need to do it up to a certain point where you're actually self-aware. And that's the problem. Most people are unconscious and not self-aware of um, the toxic habits that they have or that they project 
because they don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to look at themselves in the mirror or they're afraid to see their shadow side. They're afraid to look at themselves or they have like a really big ego and they just don't want to see it. They don't want to see themselves. They don't want to reflect on the things that they've done. They don't want to look inward because it's really difficult to, to look inward. And so what happens is you end up actually projecting. That's why there's so much projection in society because... <laughs> Everybody projects, everybody projects. And it's literally because nobody wants to take time to sit down and think about the ways that their behavior have has actually affected other people or the ways and choices that they've made that have actually, you know, maybe affected their partner or their wife or their spouse or their girlfriend or whatever it is. Like nobody wants to sit down and realize that hmm, maybe I'm the problem. (laughs) Maybe I'm actually the freaking problem. Yes, maybe you are actually the problem. Maybe I'm actually playing a role in my own suffering. Yes, maybe you are actually playing a role in your own suffering by the choices that you're making because you're not conscious, because you're not self-aware. And so that's why I'm saying like, you don't have to be like fully healed. I don't even know if that exists, but like being fully healed to enter into a relationship, you just need to be self-aware of your shadows, of your highs, of your lows, of of the ways that you are. You basically just need to study yourself that you know yourself. Because what happens is what happens when you don't do this is that your shadow, when you don't take charge of your shadow, own your shadow, integrate your shadow in a healthy way, and then embody that, what happens is your shadow ends up hurting the people that you love. And that's the hard part. It's just like your shadow ends up hurting the the people that you love and care about. And it's just really irresponsible because you don't want to look at yourself. You don't want to look in the mirror and see how you've made this choice and this choice that you've made has hurt someone or belittled someone or how you've been manipulative or how you've been um you know gaslighting someone like you don't want to take a look at that and when you don't want to take a look at your shadow your shadow ends up hurting the people that you claim you love and care about and so that's why I feel like it's so so important to do that work the way that the universe works is that if you want to attract more love into your life you have to become the love that you seek for others you know once you're able to stay on a certain frequency of love that the universe has no other choice but to reflect that in your reality through people through amazing positive experiences through animals whatever it is you name it so i always like to think to myself like you are love, I am love, God is love, and we honestly cannot cannot ever run out of love. We cannot. I think sometimes people get love and lust and attachment confused, and it's not the same thing. I think a lot of what people call love is actually um, lust and attachment, um, because unconditional love, God's love, you never run out of it like it it never runs out 
And so it's the highest frequency for a reason, right? Like love is the highest frequency for a reason, real love. But I think some people have very skewed definitions of what they think is love and what they think is love is actually attachment and lust. And so I think that's also something too that needs to be, we really need to kind of take some time to figure out what is, what is, most people haven't actually experienced real love or unconditional love. As someone who does, actually, this just reminds me, as someone who does have the gift of unconditional love that has literally been bestowed to me from God, I've actually realized in my, speaking from my own personal experience, that most people have received love that is conditional or has received love that was transactional, right? It's like, you do this for me, I do that for you, and then I love you kind of situation. It's like a very transactional love, or you do this for me, and then I give you money. Or, you know, like, it's 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 like an exchange, and it's like, that's that's not unconditional love. That's not real love. That's not God's love. And as someone who has been trying to share that unconditional love with people, I've realized that there's been a lot of, I don't know the right word to describe it, but there's just been a lot of pushback. Um, and I think that pushback comes back, comes from, it's not, it's not for me, but it's for the people who have trauma, who don't want to heal their trauma that I'm trying to love unconditionally in my life. Like personally in my life, the people who I'm trying to love unconditional they haven't really actually done the shadow work, which I've come to realize. And so it's really, really hard for them to be able to kind of receive this love because they've never received it before. They've never received it from, peop um, from, from people in their life, from friends, from maybe their parents, from guardians, whatever it is, you name it, they've never received unconditional love. So when they're getting it from the first time, when they're getting it for the first time through someone it's like, for them, it's really intense. It's like, whoa, this is really intense. And it's just like, this is actual, real, unconditional love. This is what it feels like. And it can be very um, hard to navigate because it's like, well, if they've never experienced, if the people in my life have never experienced it before, um... <laughs> It's going to be really intense for them to experience it because it's a, it's it's new for them. It's a new thing for them and they don't really know how to like navigate all of that love that they're giving because they never even received that kind of love um from their own parents. And so I think on my side that I've learned some lessons around um boundaries when it comes to like knowing that I have that gift but also creating boundaries that will help to protect me and also choosing wisely who I give that gift to so it's not like I'm saying oh my god you broke my heart I'm gonna cut off my emotions I'm not gonna feel I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna share my love no I'm I I love putting love out into the universe because that is exactly what I get get back. 
the more love I put out into the universe, the more love comes back to me. And also, love is never wasted. So whenever I feel like I gave someone love and they gave me back, I don't know, heartache, heart, uh, heartbreak, pain, <laughs> suffering, like I never feel like my love is wasted because I know it's going to come back around. And God literally has proven to me time after time, like when I've received good karma in the in the form of someone that is literally loving me, I know it's God. Like, I know it's God. I'm like, oh, okay, God. Because at the end of the day, I give love. I might have made a mistake giving it to someone that might not have deserved it, right? Or who couldn't necessarily, like, appreciate it because of all of the trauma that they've had. And... It's absolutely fine because what happens is I heal my heart I heal my heart and then when I heal my heart on my own, God sends me a reward for doing that. Like I get good karma for literally like all the love that I gave out. It literally comes back around. And so I feel like it's so important if you know yourself and you're so you consider yourself like someone who like wears their heart on their sleeve or has a super big heart or has the gift of unconditional love because you know, you've done so much spiritual work and you're really connected to the divine, then you will understand how important boundaries are. And I've had to really learn about having strong boundaries and not like wavering on my boundaries or making any exceptions, um, making any exceptions for someone because that's where you go wrong. The moment you set a boundary, it's there to protect you. And there's no wavering. There's no, there's no shaky boundaries because the moment you let up, that person will realize that oh, this person will make an exception for me. This per I can still, you know, get through, get through a loophole with this person. This person can still maybe take a take a take a little bullshit from me, and yeah, those days are over. Like those days are over for me right now i only want to experience like positive experiences by making the right choices high quality experiences by having strict boundaries and keeping my standards high and that's it but one thing that i think is really important is being able to use our emotions as a guide and so when you learn how to deeply love yourself um, you respect your emotions and you use them as a guide to kind of help you to navigate through life. This is really important in having like a open heart chakra. Like most people's heart chakra is, is closed, but when your heart chakra is open and you can really feel and you're not afraid to feel because you've, you've already loved yourself deeply enough. So obviously you're very in touch with your emotions. Maybe you, you consider yourself sensitive like I do. I'm very much HSP, highly sensitive person. Um, and so I, I feel everything. And I use my emotions now as a guide, especially when living like an intuitive lifestyle, to kind of help me to make whatever choices that I need to make. Um, I know like in society, it's quite sad that like most of us have been taught that we should throw away or avoid our emotions, suppress them, ignore them, which is 
really unhealthy especially with like you know like the media sharing all of these all of these um tv adverts and stuff about like using alcohol and sex and drugs and all these things to help us cope cope with our emotions when it's just really not healthy um even like with our family or family upbringing as well we haven't really been taught whether in family or on the media to really learn how to manage our emotions in a healthy way um i know like throughout like family cycles and generations it's been like passed down very unhealthy coping mechanisms for emotions and i think when you go through the healing journey or or as I have from my experience, what happens is that those emotions get backed up. <laughs> those emotions get backed up and it only takes one person to decide to decide that they no longer want to go about, um, you know, numbing themselves or using like unhealthy coping mechanisms and that they want to start to heal this by feeling that is it. You have to start to feel it. You have to feel it to heal it. Feel all of those emotions that were suppressed. And for me, while I've been going through, I'm not sure, I might have talked about this in the podcast I did on breaking generational like curses. But like for me, I realized at one point in time, I, I was like, there's no way my emotions can be this intense. While I was trying to feel through them and purge them out, I was like, there's no Wait, I realized at one point I was really feeling the emo- not just my emotions, but like the emotions of like my entire lineage, like my entire bloodline, all the all of my ancestors that came before me who might not have felt their emotions. I'm feeling their emotions and just the entire <laughs> emotions of my bloodline. So imagine how intense that is. And even maybe emotions from past lives, like who knows? But it's super, super intense to feel all of that and purge it all out but it's also extremely necessary because this emotions is energy right and these emotions will build up inside of you and they will weigh you down they will weigh you down when you release them this is when you feel so much lighter and this is like the healthiest way to go about it so you have to figure out what is the healthiest way for you to release your emotions like some people dance like I know some people dance and do ecstatic dance. Some some people twerk. I know some girls that twerk. <laughs> um, for me, I'm a crier. So I have to release through like crying because I'm already like, my entire birth chart is already full of water. So I know the way that I have to release is through water. So that has to be through crying. But you have to figure out. Some people release through dancing. Some people release through writing. Some people release through art. Like you need to find a way to transmute the the energy in that emotion and release it in a healthy way. However, that that is for you. It's definitely not alcohol. <laughs> it's definitely not through alcohol. Um, but yeah, try and figure out a way that you can release that in a in a healthy way. I've also realized that while you're healing this, it can be quite isolating too because like. When you decide to be the person that feels things, the person that has decided to feel everything, the person that decided to open up their heart chakra and feel things deeply, feel, you know, process their emotions in a healthy way, most people wouldn't have done that. And I find that 
you will unlock a new level of sensitivity. And at one point I was kind of like annoyed with this because then I was just like, oh, I'm like, I'm like in a small percentage of people who are now extremely sensitive because they've decided to heal. But then I started to look at this in a completely different perspective and kind of use it as a superpower because I also realized that God gave me like other spiritual gifts, like the gift of clear uh, sentience, which is like the ability to feel things very deeply. And now I can use that as a way to guide me through life and to make decisions and use how I feel as a way to kind of like gather information on on what decision I need to take next. And that is just the way that I choose to look at it because before... um, before I was looking at it as, oh my God, like now I'm super sensitive. Now I'm, I'm highly sensitive. Now it's a, it's, it feels quite isolating because m- most people are not doing that work to kind of like purge their emotions and become more in touch with their emotions and be able to regulate their emotions in a healthy way. And so it can feel like, oh, there are not a lot of people... But feelings are truly a gift of navigation. This is how I've chosen to look at it through this through this lens and perspective. And actually, it's come out as a superpower because now I see it as a way where I'm like, oh, actually, I'm 10 steps ahead of these people because I'm more in touch with my emotions and I'm using my feelings as a guide and I don't feel lost or like I don't have a purpose because I am so in touch with my emotions and my emotions are guiding me. They're literally guiding me and I'm using them to help to gain more wisdom and knowledge about myself on, you know, what I need to do next. So even if you like just take some time to ask yourself, like, why do I feel like this? Like, what are my um, emotions trying to tell me? You know, how would I name this emotion? Why do I feel this way? Like these are all like very introspective questions that can really help you to start the healing process of like becoming more respectful of your emotions and just becoming more in touch with them. And just like starting to develop a relationship with your emotions that you know, like your body knows when something is off, like you can tell because you can feel it. You know, like if you if your emotions are numb, then how would you know? Like you would not know. And so I feel like as someone that has really purged a lot and become super sensitive and raised my energy and frequency to such a high vibration, it has really helped me. Um, My feelings have really helped me to truly just navigate through. Honestly, the bullshit. (laughs) Um, but it's really, really important. And I think if we can like as a collective work on healthy emotional regulation, this is really what we should be striving for. Like healthy emotional regulation is just like the ability to, to control or to like manage one's emotions effectively. And I think like having self-awareness will really help us to, recognize our emotions and also to be mindful of the emotions of other people i think also like 
emotional expression is really important to express your emotions in a very healthy way and communicate your feelings to others through you know outlets of emotional expression this can be like writing this can be like through art this can be like through you know some kind of like physical activity like emotional expression is really really a key aspect of emotional regulation because i feel like this is where a lot of people struggle it's you know and for me i'm remembering a time when i was in therapy and it was psychotherapy i think it was because i've done a bunch of therapy i've done i've done hypnotherapy i've done somatic therapy but i think it was when i was in psychotherapy that my therapist was telling me like we were going through like a bunch of like a wheel of emotions and we were like naming different emotions and i know that might sound like you know like you were naming emotions but this is when you can't name an emotion or can't describe an emotion and how you feel it makes it more difficult for you to be able to have emotional expression it makes it more difficult for you to express yourself when you can't really name it when you can't really like put it in words and i think like this is a difficulty that most people have because we don't have a healthy relationship with our emotions because we numb it because we try to suppress it because we avoid it because we act like we're in denial of how we feel because we don't want to address it because we haven't developed a healthy relationship with it we don't really know the the words to <laughs> we don't know the words to put on the different emotions and I remember like just going through different emotions with my therapist and she was like, nope, this is apathy or this is, you know, anger or this is, you know, there's another word that she used, which I cannot remember right now. But she was just going through different words of ways that we could describe emotions. And now I like make it a habit to look up a word to make sure that that word completely describes what I'm trying to say. And that has really helped me to like express myself better emotionally because I'm just like, is this exactly the word that I'm looking for? Like, I, I don't know if it's, if it's the fact that I'm like super like precise, but I'm just like, I want to make sure that I'm using the exact <laughs> the exact word that is giving me the exact meaning for what i'm trying to say or what i'm trying to convey to someone and so i find like just like googling or like searching on your phone um because there are times when i've searched for words that i thought was to describe an emotion and i was wrong and so i'm like no that's definitely not what i'm trying to say <laughs> i'm like no that's definitely not what i'm trying to say and so now i'm just like Okay, I'm just going to check it. And then when I check it, I'm just like, yeah. So that could be like a way that you could use to kind of really help you to make sure that the words that you're using really describe. Because I don't know people that use words to describe their emotions. And it's not really what they're saying, you know, like, or they'll say things that are that, you know, they feel like that's the word to describe it. And then they come back and they're like, oh, no, sorry, that's not really what I meant. And it's it's like, yeah, most of us are really struggling to find the right words to describe the right emotions that we feel. And so I think also um, being able to control our impulses or like impulse reactions, 
being able to pause before reacting to strong emotions is really, really important and, and is a sign of really good, healthy emotional regulation. Like that is something that I've also helped to put in practice because you know, like how when someone's trying to annoy you and you just like fly off the handle or someone is trying to trigger a reaction out of you, but they can't get it out of you. The reason why they can't get it out of you is because you have good emotional regulation, is because you can control your impulse. And so that has been something that I've been working on for quite a while now. And, and just the ability to just pause. Sometimes just pause for like five seconds. Just to not react in a negative way or to react out of your emotions. Being able to control your emotions is so, so, so important because there are people... I think I remember seeing this video on TikTok. <laughs> I think it was Shara that actually posted this video um and i think she said in her video that and she's absolutely right there are people who are like sitting in prison right now there are people who are literally behind bars because they cannot control their emotions because they've had like a an impulsive reaction to something because they've just reacted to something because their emotions were triggered and now they're literally behind bars. And it's like, that's how extreme it can get if you are not really making it um, an important factor in your life to learn how to control your impulses, learn how to control, learn how to have um, healthy emotional regulation and wait and pause and choose a response that actually aligns with you know, your values or your morals. And then also, I think like just overall developing like healthy coping strategies are just very crucial for emotional regulation. And um, so just before I wrap up, I also wanted to touch on the art of detachment because I've been learning that very recently. And I just, I, I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm a master. <laughs> I don't even know if I really enjoy it, but I do see the purpose of why God's making me learn it. You know, because like a couple days ago, I was just like, do people enjoy being detached? Like, <laughs> I don't even know if it's supposed to be for enjoyment. I think it's just meant for like protection but like the art of detachment involves like the ability to maintain a sense of inner peace emotional balance in the face of like external circumstances so it does not mean like you're completely disengaged or apathetic but rather you have like a very healthy level of like emotional distance and the detachment it's really just there to protect you and to protect your your peace of mind. I think it's really important to learn to kind of help to build like emotional resilience, right? Um, it really helps you to, you know, respond to challenges and setbacks in a more calm, composed mindset and not be like overly reactive to situations. Um, being able to maintain a sense of stability. I think also it helps to reduce like your stress and anxiety. Um, I know since I've been experiencing 
my since I've been learning like the art of detachment from like certain people I would say definitely it it does help to protect my peace of mind and it has reduced like my stress and anxiety because it's almost like I don't really need to deal with that anymore because I'm so detached I think also it helps with like improving my decision making because um, as I said before, I live a very intuitive lifestyle. So I tend to make decisions based off of my feelings or like my emotions. And I'm definitely more like more making decisions from emotions and feelings than making uh, decisions from a rational, logical perspective. You know, I'm not making decisions from that uh, left side of my brain. <laughs> and so I've had to kind of re I've had to kind of learn while I'm detached that I can tap more into my left brain and make decisions decisions from that side which I haven't done in a really long time but I do see I do see how it can be beneficial because in certain situations or like say for example in certain relationships where you might have given love or let's say you overgave love to someone and all they did was like manipulate you or ability you or like gaslight you. You will realize that in that situation to protect yourself, you might you will have to detach from it. And, you know, if it's someone that is like coming back around, trying to seek forgiveness, if you are, you know, could be a toxic family member that you want to you want to keep in your life you do have to practice making decisions from a rational side this is like the one time when i will say to myself yeah i can't make um decisions from my emotions i have to be like super logical and make decisions that will protect myself and protect my heart and protect my peace in the end and sometimes that is not making decisions from your emotions. So I feel like it really depends on the context or the scenario of whatever event you're going through. Could be like a spouse, could be like a toxic family member, could be like a boyfriend or girlfriend. Doesn't really matter. I just feel like understanding the situation, I, I think this is where emotional intelligence comes in. And it's super important to be emotionally intelligent, to analyze the situation and know the best way to respond and the best way to um, kind of like bring your emotions into the situation, whether that's maybe for your, for your sake, you have to be detached. Maybe you can't be as emotional as you normally are, you know, because that's that's what's going to get you taken advantage of, especially if you're dealing with like a narcissist. And there's a lot of narcissists out there. When you realize you're just like, oh, I, I'm dealing with a narcissist. So I don't think I can make decisions from my emotions. <laughs> it's not going to get me, it's not going to be pretty at the end of the day. And so with emotional intelligence, you, you, need to be able to analyze the situation and know what is best for you. And that has been something that I've been working on, my detachment and building out my emotional intelligence, which has been by far like super healing. I'm, I'm literally so grateful. And also I wanted to mention that like within like spiritual uh, traditions detachment is considered like a pathway to 
inner peace and spiritual growth um being able to like let go of attachments to like material possessions like ego driven desires um you know the need for constant external validation you know um being able to re- release all of those attachments being able to detach from the that kind of like 3D world is like really important and so i knew that once i did that i i actually did that um earlier in my spiritual journey um close to when i first started that was one of the key things that i did was like to detach myself from my degrees my jobs i think i mentioned this before in another podcast and cuz my self worth at the time was wrapped up in all of those things and so i had to detach from all of them and that i did that very very early on in my spiritual journey and so it's quite interesting that coming back around and you know like recording this as like a a more updated second part of like self love and and learning detachment as as a part of of the self love journey i didn't learn that before but i am learning that now and so it's just been so interesting to see um how how much it has really kind of helped me to keep my mental <laughs> keep my my mental state just very sane and very stable and so i think detachment also helps to if you're someone like me who's like a big overthinker or someone who likes to ruminate on thoughts constantly and do like excessive analysis, you know, analysis and by paralysis and <laughs> I tend to anal- um analyze things so much that sometimes I do get paralyzed, I I must say. Um but I think detachment also helps to encourage you to live in the present moment and stop dwelling on the past or like past events and or worrying excessively about the future it's like it's like a way to remind you to just stay stay in the present moment because the past is already gone and the future has has not come yet um I know that sometimes it's really difficult because we're always like daydreaming or fantasizing about the future which is yet to have which is yet to arrive. But I think that kind of takes us away from being in the present moment and I think for me learning how to detach has helped me to really anchor in being in the present moment and understanding that this is a, this is the mo- only moment that counts. This is the only moment that counts nothing else just this present moment so i think it really helps to give just some freedom from you know overthinking and so i think lastly also just want to mention that detachment also helps in acceptance of change like when you change as life is always changing because change is inevitable you know i do know some people sometimes are afraid of change or afraid of the unknown but change is inevitable and you know you could look at this through a negative lens or through a positive lens for me i i love change like i i i'm always changing like <laughs> i'm a scorpio like i'm always transforming i'm always going through cycles of death and rebirth death and rebirth like 
I'm always improving myself. I am always healing. I kind of almost kind of feel like it comes very naturally to me. That it's not even something that I, I really try to do or put out a lot of effort to do. It's kind of like just how I am. And so I feel like with learning detachment, um, I guess maybe looking back at it, I was, I had already learned detachment because I change so often and I'm always, if I'm not changing like where I live, because right now I'm living this very like nomadic lifestyle and enjoying like different countries and different like you know, places or different like environments within that country. Um, I never really thought about it. I was, I was more so thinking about it from a point of like, I don't like stagnancy. So anytime I feel stagnant or stuck, it makes me irritable. But now that I'm thinking about it, like that is a way of like being able to detach so that you can accept change, so that you can make changes in your life because change is such a natural part of life. And, you know, if you are more adaptive or have like a more flexible approach to the inevitable ups and downs of life, I think you'll be much better off than if you are someone who is stubborn to change, if you are someone that is stuck in their ways. You know, like the universe is definitely going to teach you a lesson, but you're going to get a much harsher lesson because... You already are someone where like you're stuck in your comfort zone. You know what I mean? You're stuck in your comfort zone and you don't want to accept change, especially if this change is actually like good for you. That's the thing. Like I feel like sometimes people look at change as like a negative thing and it's not a negative thing. Like change can be positive as well. Change can be better. Like you can you can get something that is so much better than what you had and you can be in so much more like say healthier relationships or surrounded by a much more healthier environment or than you did if you if you wanted to accept change right if you were more flexible and open minded towards change and being able to navigate transitions will come much easier to you if you do have an open mind and so yeah, learning the art of detachment has very been has been very interesting t- um for me because I'm realizing in certain areas of my life that I had already maybe developed that skill and and that God really just wanted me to kind of develop it in a more interpersonal way. Like he wanted me to develop it more now for like relationships because I kind of had de- developed it for like, you know, random life career stuff (laughs) for career and life and home and those kind of um in that context I had already developed the skill but I think in relationships I needed to kind of improve it more so this is all that I've learned so far and I would love to hear um what you guys think and you know if you have been loving yourself unconditionally or on the self-love journey or also learning the art of detachment then let me know what you think thank you so much for listening and i'm sending you love and light wherever you are in the world and i will catch you in the next one bye